Circulations of the Sap In Chapter 7, after Silas had shared his story with the men at the Rainbow, we were told, quote, This strangely novel situation of opening his trouble to his Ravelo neighbors, of sitting in the warmth of a hearth not his own, and feeling the presence of faces and voices which were his nearest promise of help, had doubtless its influence on Marner, in spite of his passionate preoccupation with his loss. Our consciousness rarely registers the beginning of a growth within us any more than without us. There have been many circulations of the sap before we detect the smallest sign of the bud." Unquote. In this last chapter, I think we saw more circulations of that sap, more budding of connections to his community. His neighbors begin to see him in a more benevolent light, not as a man of cunning, but a poor, mushed creature, not ill-willed, but only crazy. Their warmed feelings are expressed with Christmas cooking and words of comfort. Their visits might not have been unadulterated with the flavor of egoism, Mr. Macy's comfort might have been a barely coherent blend of kindness and criticism, and an invitation to church that seemed to have less to do with Silas's soul than his own self-aggrandizement. But he did come calling, and he did demonstrate that Silas was not utterly forsaken in his trouble. Mrs. Winthrop might have been drawn more by her own nature to seek out all the sadder and more serious elements of life and pasture her mind upon them— and her own eagerness for duties than she was by the particular of Silas's suffering, but her gentle words elicited from Silas a genuine expression of thanks. And the solitary Silas opened his door to them, perhaps simultaneously opening, just a crack, his heart. We are told that, quote, groping in the darkness, with his prop utterly gone, Silas had inevitably a sense though a dull and half-despairing one, that if any help came to him, it must come from without. And there was a slight stirring of expectation at the sight of his fellow men, a faint consciousness of dependence on their goodwill." Unquote. This progression is played out in miniature with little Aaron, who first hid from Silas in fear that the big-eyed weaver might do him some bodily injury. Then, at the proffering of lard cakes, ventured to peep around his chair. Then, impressed by Silas's learning, and used to his presence, dared to advance to his mother's side, and finally took the risk of accepting a piece of cake. Silas's lonely life is starkly contrasted with the villagers' communal one in the stirring description of each on Christmas Day. Quote, Silas spent his Christmas Day in loneliness, eating his meat in sadness of heart, though the meat had come to him as a neighborly present. In the morning he looked out on the black frost that seemed to press cruelly on every blade of grass, while the half-icy red pool shivered under the bitter wind. But towards evening the snow began to fall, and curtained from him even that dreary outlook, shutting him close up with his narrow grief. As he sat in his robbed home through the livelong evening, not caring to close his shutters or lock his door, pressing his head between his hands and moaning till the cold grasped him and told him that his fire was gray. Unquote. While, quote, in Ravelo Village the bells rang merrily and the church was fuller than all through the rest of the year, with red faces among the abundant dark green boughs, 
faces prepared for a longer service than usual by an odorous breakfast of toast and ale. Unquote. Eliot tells us that the fountains of human love and of faith in a divine love had not yet been unlocked. Yet. But people are trying their keys. <laughs> 